before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we have a packed show, so we're going to get right to it. We have a lot of things. I, I was planning this show, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to play the Trump interview with with uh, Hunter Biden. I mean, well, the Trump interview, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Trump interview with Tucker Carlson, right? I'm going to play that because that was great. That was fantastic. And then I realized that there were so many other important stories to talk about, like Jim Jordan's battle with Alvin Bragg and some of the comments that he made, um, his attack uh, going after the FBI because of their attack on religion. And uh, the Federal Reserve is is more than likely going to be raising high, uh, rates again in March because of the strong labor market that's uh, still hot, uh, and the uh, consumer price index that's going to come out today that is expected to be around 5.2%, which is still high. It's, they wanted it to be around 2%. But it is cooling. The markets are cooling, and inflation is cooling. But the housing prices, um, you know, the housing market, for example, in that area of finance, the housing market is collapsing because the uh, volume is stagnant. It's completely stagnant. No one's selling. No one's buying. Completely stagnant. So that's getting crushed. And eventually, the, the time for to which you, it takes to sell a house that sits on the market is going to extend. You know, the time that it takes to sell a house used to be a day and, or less, um, and now it's going to be longer. Um, and the rental market is super expensive and you wonder why that is. And I just learned today in studying about all this is that it's a 12 month to 18 month lag time between housing prices. So wherever housing, the housing market's going, you're going to have to wait about a year for the rental market to follow suit. So the follow the rental market is a bit of a laggard there. 
And uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, and then you have this guy named Michael McCormick. Michael McCormick is this dude that said he witnessed Biden and a Jake Sullivan, who I always knew was a criminal crook. Jake Sullivan, our foreign policy strategic advisor under Obama and now under Joe Biden, is the dumbest or most corrupt person on the planet, honestly. And he feeds the State Department all their wisdom. Um, committed crimes in on on trip to Ukraine. Then there's Hunter Biden that's uh, went over to uh, to Ireland on a trip with with Joe Biden. We always know that when Hunter Biden goes on a trip with his dad, they're up to some shenanigans that's going to throw America under the bus financially. We've seen it when he goes to China and they engage in investments in electric vehicle energy. Well, guess what? We're finding out now that when Hunter Biden joined Burisma, they wanted to push you fracking, American fracking. They wanted to push that kind of energy on you to Ukraine. You should try fracking. We're masters at it here in America. We're the best frackers in the world. And it's true. I think America probably had the, the best fracking. But Biden banned fracking in America and then created a, basically a very dependent fracking, fracking uh, industry and said, well, look, I'll arrange to get you some fracking in Ukraine where there's endless amounts of corruption and we can maximize profits. And why wouldn't that be a great idea to get the Bidens rich? They are the biggest whores for money, the Biden crime family that I have ever seen. They are so brazen. And again, it's because George Soros promised that he would get DAs that would uh, be installed in these places and basically turn it the other way. You got a corrupt FBI and a corrupt DOJ. They, there was a reason why it is that they got Merrick Garland. They wanted Merrick Garland to be a Supreme Court justice, let alone be Attorney General of the United States. The guy is as a political hack as you could ever imagine. Left-wing lunatic. And there it is. There are two standards of justice, and that is one of the chief topics today. It's what's destroying America. And we have it. And Trump um, talked about it with Tucker last night, and we're going to play some clips there. So before I run out of time, and I want to share a lot of these clips we're going to start with finance because that's the most boring topic uh, for a lot of people. But I find it fascinating, you know, finance. I like it. But, you know, the Federal Reserve is going to be coming out. Uh, not the Federal Reserve. The Consumer Price Index is going to be coming out today, and it's expected to be 5.2%. Cooling a little bit, but nowhere near where it needs to be. Uh, with all of the rate hikes that the Fed has done, one would have thought that we would have actually curbed this inflation. But it's stubborn. It's stubborn, it's difficult, and it's tough. So let's take a listen, though, to um, actually, okay, so this is not even, this is going to be about Bitcoin. Um, it's it's really not about the rate hike, but this is uh, another piece of the finance puzzle. And I thought this was interesting as well. So let's just listen to this dialogue here because it, it is uh, something I got from Maria Bartiroma's show in the mornings on Fox Business, which I highly recommend. Um, so let's take a listen to this. 
Um, but what's the end game now that you've got governments, not just all around the world, but here in the U.S., looking at launching their own digital currencies? How does Bitcoin factor into that? Do you envision a world where they coexist, where there's a government centralized you know, digital currency and Bitcoin exists as well? Or play out the end game for me on and Bitcoin, if you could. So Bitcoin was born out of the necessity to really provide for a pure decentralized asset that couldn't necessarily be manipulated or you wouldn't necessarily lose perception of how much inflation is there going to be, what's the supply of Bitcoin, whatever it might be. So it was actually born out of this necessity to be an inflation hedge or safe haven. Mm -hmm. It's just lived through a period of tremendous easing and tremendous free money policy over the last decade. So in terms of where we're seeing it go now, I think for the first time it is stepping into its ability to serve as that hedge. We're seeing that in a tremendous amount of emerging markets already, mm. where users, consumers, investors are pouring money into decentralized assets where they either have, unfortunately, local currencies where they're susceptible to hyperinflation or just, unfortunately, authoritarianism. Before you go, I want to get your take on FTX. The new management team at FTX releasing an initial report on what led to the collapse of the crypto exchange. CEO and restricting officer John Ray III writes this, while the FTX group's failure is novel in the unprecedented scale of harm it caused in a nascent industry, many of its root causes are familiar, hubris, incompetence, and greed. The report also reveals expenses and invoices that were submitted on Slack and were approved by emojis. Anthony, your thoughts? It Emo- goes. It goes. <laughs> I like to see yeah, right. our, our bosses here uh, approve costs with an emoji. Uh, not happening. So, yeah. It goes back to really, you know, a lot of the gross negligence and lack of oversight in the industry that we've seen. FTX being that case in point. You know the positive outlook here from FTX is at least now there is case precedent and there's basically case study to say, hey, this is exactly how we're going to treat situations like this. Mm. And it's going to set the framework for a lot of the regulatory guidance that we're going to see, you yeah. know, specifically with the Financial Services Committee meeting in the next couple of weeks here. That's right. And and, and they're writing that legislation right now mm-hmm. uh, in terms of new regulatory uh, backdrops for uh, crypto. Anthony, thank you. All right. So, you know, um, that was... That was an interesting um, thing because, see, what just happened yesterday, Fed, the Federal Reserve made uh, an announcement about FedNow. We reported it last week, but it's new news to the rest of the people um, uh, in America, it seems like, because um, everybody's sort of talking about it. Um, uh, CBDCs are here, and it's exactly what I've been saying for the last six months uh, or longer, maybe the last year. Um, about the IRS investment, 87,000 new employees, $80 billion. That was all about CBDC rollout. That's what it was. Everybody wanted to talk about this argument about, you know, um, uh, they're going to go after the middle class and audit everybody. That was just a ruse, man. That was just a distraction. That was to get you to look over here while they're punching your face over there. The CBDCs, and you know, here, frankly, I mean, and I'll, I'm I'm almost talking out of both sides of my mouth because I bear, I very rarely walk around with cash in my pocket. I mean, very rarely. So I'm one of these people. You know, I I pay by credit card for everything. I wave my credit card your card uh, onto a waiver thing. You know, and, or I'll, I'll use Apple Pay. Or you know, I've adopted a lot of those things for ease of use. But 
if you were to ask me, do do I like where this is going? I'd say, no, I don't like where it's going because I don't trust the people that are going to be in charge of it. So I'm almost a, being a hypocrite here in the sense that I probably use digital currency more than the average bear. And yet, in terms of um, how I pay and how I never walk around with cash. and But I object to the notion that Lori Lightfoot, for example, the former mayor of Chicago, said that, you know, it, the, one of the ways to make crime go down is don't give the criminal a reason to burglarize you. Don't carry cash. Go digital. You know, it's just so easy to pay by credit card for everything. But what I don't like is I don't like how bodegas and some other shops are basically saying we no longer take cash. And for all the wrong reasons, they're not taking cash because they're afraid to get robbed, stuck up. So everything's digital. That means there aren't going to be any people walking into a 7-Eleven or a Wawa or a whatever store, a little market, a little, you know, mini mart. And, you know, where they come in, guns a-blazing, and they rob the cash register. Or they'll take stuff off the, the shelves or whatever it is. And now they're locking all the valuable stuff up in uh, glass cages. Um, you know, they're doing all kinds of... You know, the way you get rid of... Uh, if you really want to go digital, the way you get rid of all that stuff is you just do a kiosk. It, uh, complete automation. You know, whether it's a McDonald's or a... Uh, and then, then you're forced. There's going to be no one to give you change on your cash. Well, machines can do that too. So I don't know. I mean, we're going into a place where it's inevitable. We're going to end up there. So why not try to do it right? But what we need is more than anything, we need a strong Congress to give us a consumer's bill of rights or a digital currency bill of rights that very much reflects the same kind of rights that we have in our own constitution, that the government should not have increased power simply because they have increased leverage and control over our money. And we need a very strong Bill of Rights to do this. We can no longer have this thing where J6 protesters get locked up and the keys thrown away or the Ottawa truckers get their faces run over by um Canadian mounted horse horse uh, police officers. Um, we can't have this anymore. We can't have this government abuse. And the thing is, one day, hopefully, uh, the shoe will be on the other foot. And, you know, and part of me is saying, I hope we unleash hell on them and just give it right back to them. You know, like what Ned Ryan said, you know, when he said, and what Ari Fleischer said, he said, until... Conservative AGs start unleashing a can of whoop, whoop, yeah, you know, on um, a can of whoop on uh, Democrats. They're never going to feel the pain and they're never going to wake up. I mean, in, in, in some part, the best lesson that was ever taught to the Democrats was the fact that Elon Musk took over Twitter and they started talking about it. From the opposite lens, they started to see it in our shoes. They said, well, what's to stop Elon Musk from censoring Democrat viewpoints? 
And I'm like, yeah, right. You're just getting that now? Like, boom, light bulb goes off in your head? That's been happening to the conservatives for the last five, seven years. And it's it had neg- major impact on elections. You know, so you have that. Well, here, let's uh, take a listen to uh, a little clip from Fox and Friends. Let's take a listen. And it looks like they're getting a handle on it. Meanwhile, the U.S. Defense Department is still scrambling to try to. Okay, so this is this is about the defense leaks, the Pentagon papers, in a sense, where the Pentagon uh, under uh, Joe Biden allowed all of our top secrets to be on social media for months, if not weeks, if not months. And they don't even know. And, and they're allowing the Chinese spy balloons to float over our country, getting collecting all kinds of data and all kinds of strategic um, values uh, in, in how, how we respond to things. I mean, it's crazy what's happening under the Obama regime. But it's because they only care about one thing, power and greed and profit and fleecing America. They don't really care about America. They care about themselves. Plug that leak of classified documents that poses a very serious risk to our national security around the world. It would help if they knew where it came from. This is Fox News learns the U.S. intelligent leak could have come from outside the Pentagon. Lucas Tomlinson joins us live with the latest. Lucas, this just seems unbelievable that our national intelligence reports are on social media for basically anyone to see. For four months. Seems pretty embarrassing, guys. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says he was first made aware of these classified leaks on Thursday. Now, nearly a week later, he says the Pentagon still doesn't know the source. They were somewhere in the in the web, uh, and uh, and where exactly, and who had access uh, at that point, uh, we we don't know. We simply don't know at this point. Let's look at the major disclosures in these leaks. Ukraine's air defense and war in general in peril. The Pentagon has doubts about Ukraine being able to kick off its spring counteroffensive. U.S. intel and some of its spies in Russia could be compromised. Israel's spy agency, the Mossad, supporting domestic protests. South Korea is concerned about supplying weapons to Ukraine. The UAE agreed to work with Russian spies against the U.S. and the British. And Egypt secretly planning to supply Russia with 40,000 rockets. Keep in mind, Egypt has received... So the Israeli Mossad supporting public protests. Did you hear that? That that was one of the leaks and secrets that was out. So don't tell me that the government isn't involved in organizing protests to sway public opinion. And the media is in lockstep with their marching papers orders to cover it exactly the way the government wants you to cover it. The Mockingbird media that came from the cia leaking um cooperative that happened since the 60s so yeah that's over crazy. 80 billion dollars in military and economic aid from the united states since 1978 now on capitol hill the republican chairman of the house foreign affairs committee laid out who stands to hurt the most from this leak of sensitive information Whoever did this, uh, in my judgment, is guilty of espionage by giving away our secrets, uh, which will only empower and embolden Chairman Xi in China and Putin in Russia. And just having gotten back from Taiwan, we were circled by, you know, 10 battleships, an aircraft carrier and uh, 70 fighter jets. 
it's very serious. Uh, and it's really going to hurt Ukraine, which is uh, very sad as they're building their counteroffensive in the springtime. Now, moments ago, China announced it would impose a no-fly zone north of Taiwan for three days, beginning Sunday, which means a missile test potential space launch vehicle are likely. This as President Biden is in Northern Ireland today and will later head to Ireland. Guys. Yeah, well, and he's with there. He's in Ireland with Hunter while Ta- China is planning on invading Taiwan. They got Taiwan surrounded. Um, and obviously, America is not capable uh, with the military inadequacies that we have. You know, the focus on DEI and trans and wokeness and white privilege and all this other crap that's caused recruitment to go down. Um, And they're not taking these things seriously. Rather than take the money to buy real weaponry and defense systems, they're actually putting it into woke programming and mask mandates and all kinds of things that have just been so restrictive and, and stupid. And America has lost its way. China has every reason to believe that they could go into Taiwan right now. And there's not anything that anybody can do about it, really. And, you know, you got McFowl talking, uh, that the guy, the congressman that just was spoke, speaking, and he's got it all wrong. See, Xi was fine. And Russia and, and Putin was fine with Trump, with Trump. Trump had great relations with these people and no problems, no wars, no invasions. And we had trade agreements because if you want to avoid conflicts, you, you develop and you cultivate and you fortify economic relations. And the economics it themselves become the carrots and the sticks rather than human lives and nuclear weapons and things like that. And the wasteful spending on all this equipment that, you know, enriches the military-industrial complex. So, I mean, when you think about this whole thing, there's a way to avoid all this stuff. And people laughed at Trump when he called, you know, um, Kim Jong-un, Little Rocket Man. And my red button's bigger than yours and mine works. He covered that last night on the Tucker interview as well. But it worked. It was effective because he knows who he's dealing with. Kim Jong-un doesn't want to speak with Biden or he never wanted to speak with Obama. But he wanted to work with Trump. Xi came to Mar-a-Lago and they had very uh, useful talks. He had great relations with Vladimir Putin, despite the fact that you got idiots like Lindsey Graham that were basically complaining about Putin because Putin uh, was impacting uh, oil flow through Syria um, into Europe out of Iraq, like we talked about, you know, we talk about all the time. Because it was all about black markets and profiteering and greed and money laundering and a whole host of things. And they would all do it in the name of patriotism. So while Biden Biden goes to Northern Ireland, um, Nancy Mace from South Carolina is talking about the hubris of this whole trip to Ireland. Meanwhile, you got the world on fire and he brings Hunter Biden along and we know how that's going to go. They're going to leave there with some deal. And here it is. 
Here you had President Biden lie and deny he had any involvement with Hunter's businesses. Come to find out there's voicemail evidence, email evidence, and now White House evidence where his business partners visited over 80 times when he was vice president. This is corruption at its core. Now, remember, he has dealt with this question in the past. What about Hunter's business dealings? Remember some of these answers. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business yes, dealings? Yes, I stand by that statement. Should he really stand by that statement at this hour with 80 visits? Are they talking about intramural basketball? Oh, it's, a, it's an all-out lie. And here's what our Republican message needs to be. The United States is not for sale. This is not the kind of thing that we can allow to go on. The Oversight Committee, we're going to follow the facts wherever they take us. And we just got all of these suspicious activity reports. We're working every day in that investigation. So the American people actually know the truth of what happened. And look at, he's on that world stage with his son right now. We've lost Brazil. We've lost the Middle East. And Biden has now he's losing the European Union over, over Taiwan. And so uh, we're very weak right now on the world stage. And we need to show the American people that he should not be the president after 2024. Congresswoman, we lost France. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, we lost France. So just yeah. by the way, OK, you got logs and you're at home saying so. Well, I think there's one other revelation. Mike McCormick, former White House stenographer during the Obama years, says this. He's been trying to get the FBI's attention. He said, quote, Joe Biden committed crimes in Ukraine in a conspiracy with the current National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. I am a witness to that happening. They've been looking at Hunter Biden, but this ties Joe Biden and Sullivan into promoting a kickback scheme with Ukraine. It's the timeline that does it. And keep in mind, after he left, it turns out a couple of days prior to his arrival in Ukraine, Hunter Biden gets on the Burisma board with very little qualifications. Okay, none. And then $50 million gets approved by Congress to support Ukraine's energy sector. Looks terrible. Oh, yeah, it's it's totally and completely corrupt. They've denied everything that every fact that Republicans have brought forward. At some point, I'm sure they're going to trot out James Clapper out of the freezer, just like they did over the uh, Hunter laptop disinformation scheme uh, to deny this as well. That's what they do. Your concern, I understand, is the press is looking at other things. They even though he's the current president, possibly running for re-election is expected. They just don't seem to care about this. Why? Well, it's, it's very hard to say, but they will not investigate. No one is above the law. We've heard that for weeks now, not, a, not even a former president. And look at the corruption, the lies that have happened, the pay-to-play. This was not a revolving door. This very much appears to be pay-to-play in the White House when he was vice president. If it's good enough to investigate a former president, then certainly we should be investigating a current president over potential corruption uh, and crimes that we're witnessing right now. So there's something else going on, and that is Alvin Bragg and Jim Jordan are kind of going after each other now. Alvin Bragg seemed very defensive about the possibility of being asked to testify, along with his former colleague, Pomerantz, who's going to be called in front of you guys to answer some questions about what exactly was the political thing happening in your office that it had so much interest in the former president. And you think that overshadows something like this? 
I do. I think the tit for tat will overshadow in the media. I think it ends up being a wash for us, which is uh, which is troubling because you look at the what happened in New York. This was not a crime that was committed, a felony at least. And if it were, the statute of limitations has run out. And so because of that, they're just going to be tit for tat in the media. We know we're not getting fair coverage over the Hunter Biden story because we were all labeled conspiracy theorists. And it's stacked against us right now, unfortunately, in the media. Looks like a fellow South Carolinian, Tim Scott's going to announce he's running for president. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Tim Scott, no chance. Again, fundraising. That's all it is for the RNC. Um, anytime you get a guy like Tim Scott or Nikki Haley or any of these people running for, or Mike Pence running for office, they have no chance. All it is is the RNC asking them, begging them to actually sell some tickets. And by sell some tickets, metaphorically, I mean raise some funds to the win red coffers because Trump is probably <laughs> taking most of it for himself, the, what he raises. Um, and again, the the whole thing with uh, MAGAPAC and Bugle Call, our 501c3, uh, that is designed to support the messaging for America First uh, policies uh, to make America great again. That's our that's our old mission, um, and and we do it because we believe in it. I mean that that was something created by us, and you know basically, uh, in order for us to have a voice and to continue to do the show and to do these things. We need your support. We need donations to go to either buglecall.org or magapack.org to help us, you know, basically continue this message. Otherwise, if if it, we can't do it without your support, we just can't. So at some point, you know, we got to look at that, we'll look at the numbers and see if it's even worth it. Uh, maybe we fi- find another a- avenue. But we really are dependent on your support for those things. So it's magapack.org. It's buglecall.org. That's a way you can make a donation that supports this show, Red State Talk Radio, and radio like ours um, to help us continue to advance that message. One thing we're not doing is we're not taking a political side. We're not supporting one candidate over another. And the reason why is we're not allowed. It's illegal for a 501c3 to actually endorse a candidate. We cannot do it legally. So we are not running those ads that are bashing DeSantis, but everybody, every day, we get tons of emails um, saying that we're doing that, and we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, but, and it's a, it takes over an hour of my day just to respond to that, saying we didn't do it. And not one of those people then turned around and donated, you know, to uh, Magapac, which uh, or or Bugle Call, our parent company. Bugle Call has um, higher donor uh, relations, um, and Magapac, which is under the same um, same IRS um, ID, that's a doing business as underneath the umbrella Bugle Call, is basically our grassroots. Um, Nonprofit, so that's how that is. But you know, we we're just we got to make it clear so that people um, know what's going on. All right. So Daily Caller came out with this: Manhattan DA sues Jim Jordan to stop him from investigating Trump case. What? That's kind of crazy. So, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg filed a lawsuit on Tuesday against House Judiciary Committee Jim Jordan. He's the chairman demanding that a federal court invalidate any subpoenas 
he might send for Bragg or his current or former staff members in the wake of the President Trump recent indictment. Of course, they're doing something shady. They don't want anybody to look into it. Jordan subpoenaed former... So we'll, we'll wait to see how that works out. Bragg indicted Trump on 34 counts of falsifying business records. All right, we already know that story. So they're just basically trying to nullify the uh, subpoena there. And Representative Jim Jordan tweets this, We now know that the FBI, relying on information derived from at least one undercover employee, sought to use local religious organizations as new avenues for tripwire and source development against religious organizations. The FBI is 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 doing this. So it says the committee on the judiciary is conducting oversight of the FBI handling of domestic violent extremism investigations against Catholic Amer- Catholic Americans and its effect on protect protected first amendment activity based on the limited information produced by the FBI to the committee we now know that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis and that the FBI proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on American pra- Americans practicing their faith. <clears throat> this shocking information reinforces our need for all responsive documents and the committee is issuing a subpoena to you to compel your former cooperation. And that was a letter sent to Christopher Ray. Um, and they've repeatedly requested this information. They, they, they're getting stonewalled by Christopher Ray. You wonder who hired this guy, right? Well, it's Donald Trump. I don't know why Donald Trump hired Christopher Ray. I don't quite get that, you know. Also, uh, Jim Jordan wrote this letter, um, and this one. Oh, this is the same one. It says, we now know that the FBI relying on information derived from at least one undercover employee. Yeah. So this is the basically the uh, there's a Twitter account called Weaponization Committee. It's a new committee that you probably want to follow. Um, this proposed outreach plan included contacting so-called mainline Catholic parishes. The documents reveal that the FBI also expressed an interest in leveraging existing sources and are initiating Type 5 assessments to develop new sources with the placement and and access to report on suspicious activity. In light of this information and the serious consequences for the free exercise of Americans' First Amendment rights, Chairman Jordan issued a subpoena today to FBI Director Christopher Wray for all documents related to the FBI's actions. And someone wrote, Get rid of the Patriot Act and dissolve the FBI. There is no other option at this point with the level of corruption we have. I agree uh, 100% with that uh, post. So Representative Jim Jordan says, First they indict the president for no crime. Then they sue to block congressional oversight when we ask questions about the federal funds they say they use to to do it. Right? I mean... And then he also said the hardest part about 15 days to slow the spread is always the first three years. Of course, he was responding to 
Biden signing the Republican bill to end the pandemic emergency, the COVID after three years. That's ridiculous. He milked that for all it's worth, by the way. But here we have an interview with um, we have an interview with. uh, Let's see. Well, I thought I had a Jim Jordan interview and apparently that has gone out the wayside. I think I have it. Let's see. What was being discussed? What kind of quid pro quos were happening? Uh, the American people deserve answers. Monica Crowley on the 80-plus visits to the White House. Well, there is a, uh, there is a clip that I wanted to, to share, and it is a Jim Jordan clip. I'm going to try to find that real quick. I had it queued up, and I lost it. Um, it was with Brett Baer, of all people, And here it is. All right. Let's take a listen. They're obstructing our investigation, Brett. We have a constitutional duty to get to the facts, particularly when you have a district attorney interfering with the most important election we have, which is election of the commander in chief, the president of the United States. And understand what happened here. Alvin Bragg used federal funds to indict a former president for no crime. And then when we ask questions about it, when we want to investigate, he takes us to court. And he takes us to court because we want to talk to someone who left the DA's office a year ago, who went out and wrote a book on this very subject, did all kinds of interviews, was pushing to go after President Trump before he got there, while he got there, when he left, he wrote a book about it, and we're not allowed to talk to him to do our duty. They're obstructing our constitutional duty to do oversight. They're obstructing our investigation, Brett. We have a constitution. All right, so that clip, that was that clip. And um, so, you know, um, here's what Monica Crowley said about the other part of this. Okay, so that's the Alvin Bragg subject. And now we're switching to uh, the 80-plus 80, 80 visits to the uh, the. The vice president at the time, Biden, uh, visits with Hunter Biden's business partners. A total total times Hunter's business partners visited the White House. Let's take a take a look here. A guy named Eric Schwerin. He spells his last name S C H W E R I N S C H W E R I N. If you want to look him up, Eric Schwerin. Twenty seven times he met with Biden. Visited the White House. Um, and then John Joan Mayer. Joan Mayer, 17 times. John Walker. Now, we've heard of the John Walker guy. Uh, 16 times. Katie Dodge, nine times. Francis Person, seven times. And v- M. Person, must be related to Francis Person, uh, f- five times. Arlene Bush, <clears throat> four times. Be- uh, Devin Archer. Two times, we know Devin Archer's name, Neil Callahan one time, and John Deloche one time. That doesn't even count the Bobulinski uh, dinner meetings that he's had outside of the White House. I mean, there was a lot of other meetings, golf courses. Remember the picture with the golf course, golfing outings? So it wasn't always just at the White House. That's where it's all logged. How about all the times they've met at the House? This was a lot of business meetings. Doing a lot of shady deals. Let's take a listen to what Monica Crowley's analysis had to say. 
So, you know, Joe Biden's on record during that campaign when he was asked about his son's business dealings. He was on camera saying, oh, I know nothing about that. It was never brought to my attention. As vice president, his son was having business associates traipse through the White House more than 80 times. What was being discussed? What kind of quid pro quos were happening? The American people deserve answers. Long past 2020, but it's still not late to excavate the truth. We do need answers, but Joe, it seems like the media doesn't really care to ask the question. And I would think the FBI and the DOJ would want to take a peek into what Hunter Biden was doing, especially after the laptop saying that big guy was getting a percent of Hunter's earnings. Yeah, 10% for the big guy. This has been the Houdini presidency, right? The prestige is that the CCP is now running the show. Uh, but in that vault yeah. or in that, that, that basically uh, chasm there, you end up with somebody like Hunter Biden, uh, who was a vex. He's, first, he was an artist that was an expert. Uh, then he was somebody who became a nuclear expert. He's an expert on all things. The Biden family has been enriched and the American people are suffering. That's what happens when you sell out America, right? So that's uh, part of the case in point. Now listen to this. This is another little double standard. This is um, Congressman Tom Tiffany, uh, I think from Wisconsin, asks Mr. Wilcox uh, from the ATF why Hunter Biden is not being prosecuted for illegal gun possession, lying, and uh, lying on an application, and drug abuse. Why? Why not? Let's Wilcox, take a listen. If a person lies on Form 4473 and a user and is a user of unlawful drugs, um, you can get between five to ten years for that. Is that correct? Is that my understanding? No, I, be- I believe Congress changed the uh, sentence uh, last Congress. Uh, what is that sentence now? Up to fifteen. Up to fifteen years. Uh, why hasn't Hunter Biden been prosecuted for the crime that he committed? I'm not aware of the facts of that case and can't comment on it. Okay. Who do we talk to to see why this uh, case is not being prosecuted? I mean, he said very clearly in his book that he used drugs. He had uh, gun, a gun, at least a gun. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Steve, point of order. Totally irrelevant and not germane to this proceeding. Uh, he, sir, he's got, his, he's got his five minutes. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> okay. <so laughs> I understand why um, you do not want Mr. Wilcox to answer that question. It's very clear why you don't want, because there's a dual system of justice in America. That's what's going on right now, and everybody's talking about it across America. There's two standards of justice that are uh, that are going on. Doggone straight, that's for sure. And uh, what's interesting about that is a Form 44. Uh, they try to crack down on guns, right? It's come back to haunt them because one of their own is one of the violators. All the gun violence and these mass shootings is like a bunch of trannies, right? So, I mean, it's like mentally ill, um, you know, whatever. So the thing is, is that, um, you know, even the, uh, uh, was it the, uh, even the, even the recent shooting, um, Kentucky, I think it was, um, that person was uh, he, the, or she, she, they, or whatever, you know, like some pronoun thing. A radical lefty, Trump hater, you know. In any case, Hunter lied on f- filling out Form 44 for his gun application. And he was on drugs. And typically, the crime for that 
used to be five to ten or something, and now they said it's up up to fifteen years, right? Fifteen years he can get. They don't even want to investigate it. It's right there for everybody to see. Here's a crime on a silver platter, and they don't want to do anything. If it was Don Jr., he'd be locked up right now. If it was Eric Trump, he'd be locked up. So, I mean, two standards of justice. It's just absolutely nuts that we're living in a country that is this far down the road of banana republic. Hunter Bison's business partner's assistant, assistants visited White House over 80 times. Rosemont Seneca vice president visited Obama White House at least 17 times, met with Joe Biden's aides. So, you know, they had all this access to fleece America for all it was worth. And ex-White House stenographer says FBI ignored FB, Biden's role in Sons Hunter business dealings. So let's take a little quick read here. Former Obama White House stenographer Mike McCormick tells the Post, New York Post, that he wants to testify before the federal grand jury in Delaware considering charges against first son Hunter Hunter Biden saying he has relevant information ignored by the FBI that implicates President Biden in a foreign influence peddling conspiracy. Joe Biden committed crimes in Ukraine in a conspiracy with current National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, McCormick said. I'm a witness to that happening. I witnessed it with my own eyes. McCormick visited Ukraine with then-Vice President Biden three times and says that on a 2014 trip, back when they were overthrowing Ukraine's government, you know, Victoria Nuland and the State Department and company, Sullivan, then a Biden national security aide, briefed reporters about uh, aboard Air Force Two as an anonymous senior administration official about how the U.S. was interested in helping Ukraine's, helping Ukraine's natural uh, gas industry by you know introducing fracking. At the time, and unbeknownst to the public, Hunter had joined the board of Ukrainian national ga- natural gas firm Burisma, working with an ex- executive who would later meet with Joe Biden in Washington. I think that the FBI should investigate it based on an eyewitness report. McCormick said the hap- this happened. Joe Biden was part of this. They. They've been looking at Hunter Biden, but this ties Joe Biden and Sullivan, Jake Sullivan, into promoting a kickback scheme with Ukraine. It's the timeline that that does it. McCormick says that he was with Sullivan in the press cabin of the vice presidential jet en route to Kiev on April 21st, 2014, as the aide outlined how the world's wealthiest country would help the deeply corrupt post-Soviet state build its gas industry. Giving a rundown Biden priority of prior Biden priority, Sullivan said that the then vice president would discuss with Ukrainian officials medium and long-term strategies to boost conventional gas production and also to begin ta- to take advantage of the unconventional gas reserves that are in Ukraine. Asked for details by a reporter, the anonymous Biden aide said that the U.S. was interested in providing technical assistance to help be able to boost production in their conventional gas fields, where presently they 
aren't getting the maximum of what they could could be while offering technical assistance relating to a regulatory framework and also technology that would be required to extract unconventional gas resources and Ukraine that was that would be fracking and Ukraine has meaningful reserves of unconventional gas according to the latest estimates so in December of that year, 2014, amid broader Obama administration support for Ukraine, Congress approved $50 million to support the country's energy sector, including the natural gas industry. And Hunter's role at Burisma was not disclosed until May 12, 2014, in a press release from the company. A BuzzFeed article citing company documents filed in Cyprus said Hunter had joined Burisma April 18th and emails from Hunter's abandoned laptop including discussions in the run-up to his dad's visit to the country. Four days before Sullivan Brief Reporters, Burisma paymaster uh, this Vladimir Pozhensky emailed Hunter's business associate Devin Archer already on the board that he recognized Hunter Biden could be both an asset and a liability. Huh. You think? As to the Hunter Biden, I do believe, he said this, as to Hunter Biden, I do believe that we have to reach reasonable balance here. I realize fully that this role is a long-term perspective and taking into account the political weight of our directors, we have to use their personality carefully and strategically wise I do realize their vulnerability in this respect. So that's what he wrote. Therefore, I kindly suggest to indeed now or after his father left our country, just put him on our website without going for public camp uh, campaigning. And then after we meet in May, we agree on joint plan and move forward accordingly with media campaign or without it just concentrating on informal talks and relevant interest parties. So basically, just get us a meeting with Joe Biden and make make the deals happen. That's really all that uh, they were after. So this this story is corroborated also by the laptop as well. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Well, we got a little bit of time. Let's take a listen to a little bit of... Um, this Trump interview with uh, Tucker Carlson. If you get a chance, go on YouTube or somewhere, Rumble, and try to get access to this full interview. You want to see it. And Tucker Carlson's going to be running part two of this interview tonight. So um, I encourage everybody to check this out. But let's take a listen. Well, it was a horrible thing because He's I did nothing wrong. He's talking about the indictment. Absolutely the nothing wrong. You look at even the pundits and the legal analysis, Greg Jarrett, all of these really talented people, they're saying he didn't do anything wrong. So that's number one. Number two, they were incredible. When I went to the courthouse, which is also a prison in a sense, uh, they signed me in. And I'll tell you, people were crying, people that work there professionally work there, that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody. It's tough, tough place. And they were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry. Uh, they'd say, 2024, sir, 2024. And tears are pouring down. There is, I've never seen anything like the whole, Those people are phenomenal. Those are your police. Yep. Those are the people that work at the courthouse. 
They're unbelievable people. Uh, many of them were in tears or close to it. Uh, many apologists were sorry, sir. We're sorry. They had to have me do certain things. They said, sir, I, I can't believe I have to ask you. I can't even believe that I have to ask you to do it. You could see. So in one sense, it was beautiful because they get it. Uh, in another sense, you know, it's nasty. I went to the Wharton School of Finance. They didn't teach me about that. That wasn't like <laughs> they in the about the no, arraignment that part. They, that wasn't. That wasn't. We didn't have a class on arraignment. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's, it was a sad day in many ways, and in many days, ways it was a beautiful day because the people understand. I didn't know this was happening, but the poll numbers have gone through the roof. The people get it. And the other ones are hoaxes also. You know, the box hoax. Look at Biden. He's got 1,850 boxes. And, you know, that's a hoax. And then the one in Atlanta where I had a perfect phone call. This is all weaponization. They're weaponizing our justice system, Tucker. And they think if they go and give you a subpoena, you know, I guess I'm very well known and people understand it and they get it. And maybe I have a bigger platform so I can explain it. But if you're somebody, a Republican, let's say, running for office and you get a subpoena, you might as well resign because you're not going to be able to survive it. And the voters aren't going to handle it. The voters aren't going to take it. What they're doing is weaponizing the system. And there's never been anything like it. And it's all disinformation. You see, the other day, uh, Afghanistan, one of the worst things I've ever seen. I think the most embarrassing moment that this country's ever had, frankly, the way we got out, not the getting out, we had to get out, it was ridiculous to be there. And I had that so good, so tight, so tough. I spoke to the leader, Abdul, I said, Abdul, if you do anything, you're gonna get hit really hard. Literally, I even, he said, but sir, why, why? He goes, why oh why do you send me a picture of my house? I said, you'll have to figure that one out, Abdul. But we didn't have one death in 18 months, he knew. Not one death. And then to see the way we got out, like we were surrendering, like taking the military out first, leaving $85 billion worth of equipment behind, giving up Bagram. I was going to keep Bagram. I was getting out, but not for Afghanistan. It's one hour away from where China makes its nuclear weapons. And that's that part of the thing, Afghanistan, Bagram Air Force Base, he was going to keep it. It's it's just very close to where Chinese makes its, uh, you know, it's nuclear weapons. Why wouldn't we have kept it? But we didn't. Um, you know, we have a lot of dumb people in our State Department and in our foreign services and in the White House uh, that are running the show right now. And they don't know, have a clue as to what the right decisions are to be made, making on behalf of our country and our national security. They don't have a clue. And they all voted for Biden or they voted for somebody else other than Trump. And now we're paying the price for their stupidity. And that's a shame. But you know what? Here we are, and we're trying to right the wrongs, and we're trying to fix the problems. And that's what we're doing each and every day. So please check out magapac.org. Make a donation if you can to help us support America First policies to make America great again and stronger again. Also, use Red State over at MyPillow.com. Also, go to Shen Yun. They're a promoter. Uh, they're a supporter of this uh, show. ShenYun.com for the recent events. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.